Come on and join me on the B-side When movie stars that weren't in their prime Made other movies that got left behind That got them covered on the B-side You're gonna like it on the B-side Cause you got Danny Connor by your side Throwing your knowledge from the inside And now you're listening to the B-side Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The B-Side for the Film Stage. As always, I'm Dan Mecca here with Connor O'Donnell. As you know, on this podcast, we talk about movie stars, not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones that they made in between. And um, we're going to talk today about a, a lot of people think he's the greatest, our greatest living actor, right? Let's just not, let's just Daniel Day-Lewis. I should have really said something like, should have said like Chris Klein or something like that. Really just <laughs> missed, but, opportunity. Um, sorry, missed opportunity. Chris, um, missed opportunity. But Daniel Day-Lewis, B-Sides. And um, to talk about DDL, the man, the myth, the legend, the retired Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. We're bringing on an old friend, a returning guest, Fiona Underhill, the LA-based film critic herself. How are you doing? How has it been? Tell us about your life. Good, thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. All right, well, that's good. I feel like... All right, so... Daniel Day Lewis, only 20. So let's just start here. We can talk about our first Daniel Day Lewis, you know, our first run into his work. Sure. But I have to say, I was looking it up, I was doing some research last night. 20 films. Yeah, small, yeah. small. 20, like there's a couple, you know, yeah. little dibs and dabs that you would call, you know, a 21st, 20 set, you know, TV movies early on. But like in terms of like theatrically released, it's 20 films, right? Yeah. Three Oscars. I think I want to say five nominations, maybe six, five or six nominations. We can we can we can uh, fact check that. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take a look. But certainly no, because definitely didn't win for in the name of the father. Father didn't win for Phantom Thread. One for There Will Be Blood. One for it didn't win for Gangs of New York. Right. Six, so it's six, six six nominations. Right, because he yeah. won for There Will Be Blood. He won for um, Lincoln. Correct. And of course, he won for My Left Foot. So the other three, right, Gangs of New York. Age of uh, Age of Innocence. No, no, uh, not Age of Innocence. The father, which is funny. He probably should have been nominated for Age of Innocence. Fa Phantom Thread and Phantom Thread. Yeah. And so our B sides, and there aren't many because there's only twenty, right? But our B sides kind of more be... than you would expect, though. I will I be honest. Like to so, the point. Could where... we do another episode? I guess because I was thinking about this. So, so just to get ahead of it, right? The four that we're going to focus on are Stars and Bars, the Pat O'Connor movie. Uh, Ever that Smile, every, that everyone knows. <laughs> New Jersey, Ever Smile, New Jersey, um, and then we're gonna do. Um, I totally forgot what is the it? boxer from nineteen ninety seven. Which, which the boxer, I think, is like a little bit, it, definitely in the realm of B side, um, but more closer to an A side. Jim Sheridan movie, definitely like the Jim Sheridan B side, right? Like all I think the Jim it's, Sheridan yeah, I think movies. It's the, I think it, the I think the justification for the boxer being a B side is yeah. it, is it feels directly like the B side to the A side the Jim of, Sheridan of, of in the name of the father, yeah. right? Like, and then obviously yeah. Sheridan also did My Left Foot, right? Yeah. So they made those three movies together, all great movies. And then um, 
And then finally, The Ballad of Jack and Rose, which he made with Rebecca Miller, who's in, who he's been married to for a very long time, who's a great writer and director in all her own right, and also the daughter of Arthur Miller, who wrote The Crucible, which was, a, well, you could argue, a Daniel Day-Lewis B-side that we're not doing. I don't know that you would call it a B-side. It's, no, that's it's like one too, of those things. It's like It was high. a very high-profile yeah. release, but it, it disappointed. You know, it certainly didn't hit right that's Winona's in that Joan Allen uh and he obviously plays John Proctor uh I feel like that's a 1996 movie but that's my point like is, could you do another episode because like does the unbreakable does the unbearable lightness of being count yeah I, think, so? I think that 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 one's definitely like could be or on you the, know it's borderline like nine we, we 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 debated doing yeah. Rob Marshall's nine you could definitely do nine yeah I think nine directly because like it's it's after Lincoln, or is it? No, it's before no, no, Lincoln, no, it's but after, after There'll Be, Be Blood, right? So yeah. it's like right yeah. in oh, between nine. these like two monumental late later oh, career performances. What were you going to say, Fiona? Uh, my Beautiful Laundry, I think it possibly counts as a B-side. It was such an important movie, though. I just, it's like, yeah. here's the thing with, I would just was, you know, this is like, well, so I can, just, I, I'll start with Dan Day Lewis in my life. I, you know, first time seeing him, it's hard to even know because his movies are so like austere. Sure. That, you know, when you're a kid, what Dan Day Lewis movies are you even watching? You know, I feel like I can't even, I don't like Gangs in New York. I remember I was getting into film pretty hardcore. And I was like very excited for Gangs of New York. I think that's mine, probably. Right, and yeah. I just remember for the Leo, for the Scorsese, for the just the the Gangs of like, what is this movie? I remember like, and I didn't see it in the theaters, but I I really sought it out and I like devoured it. And I think I read the book. I I recently reread the book. The book that's based on is amazing, and um. And I think that must have been where I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. He's so incredible. Bill the, but the Bill the Butcher character is like, I would put that character up with any great villain, right? He's right up there Probably. with the Hannibal Lecter, whatever, right? He's a he's that's an incredible villain. Fiona, do you remember? Was there like a first time DDL popped like for you? You were like, who's this person? I'm feeling ancient right now because <laughs> you, you guys say things like Gangs of New York. I'm like, what? Um, so my first couple of DDL yeah. movies would have been um, Last of the Mohicans and sure. In the Name of the Father. Sure. Yeah. And also my mom and my brother, um, at, like their favorite film is Unbearable Lightness of Being. Oh, see, that's so, interesting to me that that's so a fit. Oh, that's cool. I watched that at an early age because I remember both of them being obsessed with it. My brother loved Juliette Binoche and sure. had like posters of her in his bedroom. I just think he's, that means you're you, you, you cultured. Good I just taste. think that's just a cultured <laughs> upbringing is all yeah. that means. More than me and Connor who are like playing yeah, video I, games like, in upstate I, New York. I remember, and... like, I remember my older sibling, like I remember rent, you know, them renting like, Mohicans from Blockbuster, right? But I, I can't. I would not wager to say that I like, didn't remember see watching Mohicans. it. I feel like the first I time I saw him yeah. in a movie and was like, "Yo, yeah. this guy's the fucking shit." It was was Gangs in New York, probably. But I don't really have that strong of a relationship with him. Like, 
as a an audience member like i don't the mythology for me like the mythology around him is something where i'm always like a little bit suspicious of arm's length and, a little yeah, bit kind of and it's not yeah. that i don't i watch him and you know i've over the years i was like why i watch him in things and i'm always like oh yeah no he's great but like I think you run into the i think yeah. it's similar where you run into the merrill thing with daniel day lewis a, a little the, where you take him for there's granted such a an agreement yeah. of like well we all know yeah as we right. all we all agree right. These are the two bet, you know, and you're kind of like, okay, you know, and I think there's that inclination as a critic, as just a thinker, yeah. as somebody who ingests, you know, a lot of art, right? All three of us, like, there is an inclination to kind of be like, hey, wait a minute, are we sure about this? You know, are, but we, that, are we? I will say this: you know, it was this was a lot of fun to prep for because I, in addition to watching our B sides, did rewatch like the de facto greats and stuff like that. Yeah, and. It is nice to kind of be reminded, right, when you watch he those performances so where right. you're like, oh, right. Like, okay, though I will like say in a, a couple reason. of these B-signs, we'll get into it. I was kind of like, Daniel. <laughs> um, so let's jump into Stars and Bars, which like, holy mother of God, how many people have seen this movie? Like, what a gift. <laughs> like, what a crazy. I had always known, I, for a long time I've known about this movie just because kind of funny title. Uh, look the whole reason this, we started this podcast is like what a fat just as an imdb entry you're like what yeah. stars and bars <laughs> like it was called an englishman in new york sting wrote a song for it he's never he's in new york for eight minutes so it's right. like yeah i understand yeah. why they changed the title he's like <laughs> not in new york right for like basically the whole movie and the song is so oh, god bless sting that song oh yeah. oh sting and um My, i have an older brother who's like a big fan of the police and so sure. this track was definitely like a thing that like would be on no repeat look, on like look, my brother's my stereo. Like. Loved, nobody loved fields of fields of gold. <laughs> no more than Julie Mac. Okay, so I got no problem. I'm not saying I have a problem with Sting. I'm just saying I, the minute Sting, the needle drop kicked in, I was God, I was yeah. transported. I was um, like, and he's like an alien, a legal alien. Like he says, legal. Like yeah. he's really putting the underline. I was like, all right, Sting, relax. <laughs> um, but so this movie, okay. Um, who wants to do the plot synopsis for Stars and Bars? Should I take I'll, a I'll shot? Do you want to do, do a comment? I'll do it. So uh, there's a lot of plot. There is a lot, and oh, uh, there are stars. There's a lot of cast as well. There is a lot of cast. Maury Chaykin with a just crucial role. Yeah. What, a, what a face! Yeah. What an actor! We know him. We love him. Um, a lot of play in this one. You get Keith David as a bookend, basically, which yeah, is and like, and, fat. and I don't know that he's ever looked better. He's yeah. really firing all cylinders, I, Keith. I will wager one. to say I actually think Keith David is sneakily the best performance in this whole movie, <laughs> possibly. Like, well, he's the most. I mean, it's well, him, we'll it's him and Harry we'll Dean probably, this. or the sure. yeah. Harry Dean Stan. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get into. There's no anchor to this movie, which I think sure. is. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, it's jump basically. Out in front, a, but I think that's the prop for me. I was kind of. I was. You know. I was a, a ship with no compass. I was kind of watching sure. it like, what is, what are we doing? Yeah. What, what, there are stars, there are bars. What do we, what, what is happening right now? It's basically, uh, so DDL plays a, an art appraiser, I guess would be his general name. He, he, he works for like Set the Bees, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And he, um, Henderson Dawes. He is, name. is he engaged to, um, well, uh, to Lori McCaff? 
so the movie is i think the movie in its way is basically like it's an engagement of convenience and it, right because and, of who her father is yes. right, her father owns say, yes, the company the... and the movie seems to like posit very softly that like danity lewis thinks there's some sort of an agreement of like complicity that right. there isn't right laurie metcalf or you know what i mean yeah. like they kind of like the they movie doesn't know the score it, but it's like, well but like, they don't right no, but, but i think he that's thinks the point, that right? they do you know what this kind of yeah, i gotta thing. say you know what this movie reminded me a lot of now that i'm actually saying it the it reminded me of the uh, brian de palma adaptation of bonfire of the, of the vanities where you're just oh, like too much going on yeah there's too much going on and it's based on a book i believe right yeah. as well i think so, yes anyway. um and so yeah, so basically he plays an art appraiser named Henderson Dawes and Dawes. Daw is is it Dawes? Is that I believe the... it's Dawes. Okay. Yeah. Uh but he is sent to uh he's sent down south to check out a painting that Harry a Dean Renoir. Yeah, a Renoir that Harry Dean Stanton has in his possession. And they're obviously trying to like get it off of him for at least like eight to ten million dollars, basically. And Harry Dean Stanton has a few kids. One of them is Maury Chaikin, as Dan mentioned, who's uh, his son, Freeborn. And, That's right. Freeborn. Uh, is uh, who? Uh, Will? Oh, Will Patton is Dwayne, right? Those are oh, the, they're God. the kind Will of Patton, I think the God two bless, most yeah. consequential. And, and then Glenn um, Glenn Headley is Cora, yeah, the I daughter. Love her. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit right before he kind of makes this move down south to check this out. Uh, he meets Joan Cusack, who plays Irene, and she works in, quote, computers. It's like such a very specific <laughs> like, like, a business, a business card yeah, that just says just the word computers, computers on yeah. it. <laughs> and then like I, I think some of that stuff works in a playful way. It's the, I did know, like Joan in it. Yeah. yeah mad madcap would be the way to describe what this movie's going for, right? And so basically he goes down south. There are all sorts of shenanigans because Maury Chaikin's character has already kind of sold the painting basically to another yeah, like two numb to another set of right, like yeah. what I would describe as like art world mobsters almost is kind of like they're yeah. they're like not normal movie mobsters kind of they're like a little more stylish, um, yeah. but. Don't forget about Martha Plimpton. Yes, so Martha Plimpton, who's Laurie Metcalf's daughter, comes down right. with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis as well. So Will Patton winds up falling in love with her. That becomes a thing that comes all the way back around at the end. <sighs> and again, it's a, it's just a, I, I mean, I, I, it's a lot of plot, but it's basically just a comedy say, of errors, essentially, I, that unfolds. Yeah, I don't. We don't need to say much more. I will say, in terms of highlights, I did not like this movie a whole lot. I will say that. Have you seen this movie, Fiona? Or had I've seen it now, but I had oh yeah, right. ever. Okay. No, because Fiona um, tweeted about the Joan oh, Joan right, Cusack Joan. and yeah. DDL kissing. It's like it's who nice. could imagine what there's a movie. I, I mean, I just the fact that he's in this movie with this incredible oh Ameri American cast yeah. is just crazy and that he's there like, in the middle and, of it. And playing the like fop. 
right? Like, yeah. Like, how many times did he? Because nine, he's kind of doing that, right? Nine, it's you know, for those who don't know, nine. A movie, I would argue, he is equally out of place. Like, yeah, un- not almost nine, unintentionally. Isn't, so, <laughs> isn't one of our B sides, but we said we talked about doing it. I rewatched it. it. It's not a strong picture. Um, it's based on the musical Nine. Raul Julia kind of made it famous on Broadway. It's basically like an extension slash adaptation of Eight and a Half Fellini's masterpiece, and it's. It's just a silly, trite thing, right? And he plays Guido Contini in that movie. So you get, he as Henderson Dawes, it's like, he's, I think the stuff that works the best when it comes to Dana Lewis in this movie is he plays it so very English. Sure. Which I, which I do think is funny, right? Like just just we uh, we even get some like farce some physical comedy yes. when he's flailing about in that like i was gonna say the hotel in the, in the, the hotel. whole hotel sequence the hotel, yeah i love I, that i think is basically like the movie really like really like finding its pace and sure. then yeah. it kind of loses its pace but even i i looked up the um i usually look up a few reviews when we're doing this and the new york times review which is far more positive than, than me really makes a point of highlighting that whole canal scene because basically he winds up when he's down south having to go to this like kitschy quote-unquote upscale hotel that has this whole like quote-unquote indian native american like it's very vegas it's yeah like it's in atlanta i believe yeah, yeah exactly it's in atlanta though. yeah and it's like this really kitschy like oh there's canals there's canoes there's teepees there's you know there's headdresses it's very you know softly offensive you know very 88 like whatever and it's like you know you could picture that being like in a really cutting chapter from like american psycho right or something right and it's like well you can it feels like just with all gets the like lost english in the america you know, like yeah it it feels like a very intentional thing obviously like well and just like he never of- gets angry it's it's all very kind of like he's very proper like you know he he there's so many times he should be like going like losing you know like losing every, you know he does a couple of times but like he's like very posh trying to keep it together and that is funny I, I also times, did right? enjoy him flailing about in the nude at the end and then wearing the cardboard. Yeah, you get a lot. You get a good amount you of DDL. Yeah. You get DDL. You, you get all, you get all I, three. I, I was surprised at the level the of that. Uh, I was like, okay. Yeah. He, well, he had just done unbearable lightness, so he was comfortable, True. Yeah. we should say. True. But it just, you know, I just, yeah, we, we've been kind of highlighting it. It's a farce. Um, like we said, William Byrd wrote the screenplay based on his book that he'd written a few years earlier kind of comes and goes pat o'connor you know a workman director did stuff like sweet november later on which is one of connor's favorite movies we've talked about on i do um, love that movie on uh <laughs> excuse me on our um keanu episode. one of our first b-sides yeah, yeah. Our keanu b-side Sweet november comes up um also pat o'connor so but also we should say i don't want to i don't want to cast aspersions Pat, Pat, Pat O'Connor also directed Inventing the Abbots, which is a movie that's very that I like a lot. I love Inventing the Abbots. So Pat can Pat can work until the day. They he do dies. invent Abbots in that movie. So they do. They invent the Abbots title. Yeah, happily. Um, Fiona, what were other standouts for you in this movie? Like Glenn I, Headley, I, you mentioned. Is there anything? Yes, I love her. I just I I really enjoyed this movie. I think I liked I'm it a lot more than, me so more than you, Dan. No, um, Connor, did you like it? Yeah, I, I. You liked it more than me. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah. I don't. It's. 
I think this movie is interesting because, like, again, it's just one of the like I would encourage people to check it out for one hundred percent for just the yeah. thing of. Yo, did you know, know Daniel Day Lewis was in a madcap comedy? It's 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 a wild artifact. Um, and um, yeah, I didn't I didn't love it, but I think I also I have to really get in the I'm this I'm gonna sound like such a stick in the mud. I have to get really in. Well, the I was about to say what you're gonna say. I have to yeah. get really in the zone for like madcap comedies. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. I feel like my brain sometimes has a really hard time not getting frustrated with like that's like, what happens yo, to if me. you just yeah. took five minutes and explained this one yeah. thing everything would be fine right like that's I and, always, that's, and that's obviously yeah. the part of the thing right that with every mad cat even like the greats right like what what's up doc right like and that's 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 where all the comedy comes from so i get that like that's counterintuitive to the way the subgenre works but it's like it is a hurdle for me sometimes and i think where i in order for me to get over that hurdle, I feel like everything really needs to like be clicking and in service of the same thing. And I think this movie doesn't entirely do that. But um, but I yeah, just think I, I do think there are some yeah. standout performances that are definitely like really funny. Like Fiona, you mentioned Joan Cusack. Like I think she's great, but she's also kind of like undefeated maybe like i don't really know if i yeah, she she can do no wrong. Yeah. Like, she's rarely bad is ever bad and i don't know if right. she's like been when bad. is yeah. she the bad part of a thing and I, I just think similarly right it's like yeah by the end of this movie i just found myself being exhausted so like that's one of those things not like what connor said i always with these things with these farcical you know comedies i always if i don't have an anchor I, I always a little struggle because I'm kind of looking for my North Star a little bit, right? So, I, you know, I freely admit to kind of just being someone who maybe, you know, is just not... I think these are incredibly hard movies to make, which is why something like What's Up, Doc? is one of my absolute favorite movies ever, ever, ever. Or something like The Awful Truth, right? Or you could, you know, you could pick a bunch of kind of incredible, you know you know, parallel versions of this type of thing that work very, very well. And I think they're so hard to do. So I always find myself, if I kind of lose the thread and I just think, into just stuff like the painting, you kind of, you're like, what's happening with the painting? Okay, who has it? Like, and then- And then it doesn't matter anymore. And then it doesn't matter. We don't need to spoil it, but then it kind of becomes something that's not even really important to the movie anymore. And that's the point, which I get it, but it's like, it kind of nullifies what you've watched before. You know what I mean? There's a lot of those things. And I think it's, I think it's brave in a way, if I'm being honest, like, I think it seems like they made the movie they wanted to make, right? It doesn't seem like a movie that got like butchered or whatever. Right. It didn't really open, didn't do well, but I do think it's interesting to read. It's a funny thing to read in the context of Daniel Day Lewis's career, where it's like my beautiful Andrek came out in 85 I think the same year as Unbearable Lightness of Being, right, which is a Philip Coffin movie, doesn't do amazing in, at the box office, but is well respected. Like, you know, the Milan Kundera uh, novel from a few years earlier, which is a great book, you know, kind of a very... There's a lot of information in that book. It's not a long book, but it's a packed book. And that movie is a really good, even though he doesn't agree, it's a really good adaptation. And just to be, so uh, Unbearable Lightness of Being is the same year as this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stars of Mars. Yeah. yeah. So my point is like, this is really like the run up to the Oscar 
for my left foot is kind of crazy when you think about all these yeah, movies. It's, he was, it's insane that he did this. Absolutely yeah. insane. But I love it though. I mean, to, to the larger yeah. point, like, like Norbit I love himself, that he did it. You know, like it's kind of like Norbit, Norbit. <laughs> um, Norbit, you know, Norbit, another one of those movies. <laughs> but you like, I, Tofino, but you like, you enjoyed this movie. I really yeah. did, yeah. I did, I thought the cast was really strong. Like I was yeah. absolutely shocked who who was in it, and people kept qu- popping up. It was like, wait, <laughs> you know, this person's in it, this person's in it, and but I love like I love eighties movies. They don't have to be quality or right. you know. I just pretty much I'm an easy sell on an eighties movie with a strong cast and. The the madcap kind of comedy did work for me. I yeah. I I really liked it, and I love and and, and it was so yeah. so so surprising and to see Daniel Day Lewis in a film like this. I wonder what he thinks of Stars and Bars. I would pay to like get a thirty uh, yeah, second response on Stars and Bars from Daniel Day Lewis. Like, hey man, you remember that? Uh? You'd be like, I was never. It's like, do you remember, do you remember the interview? I think it was the Mike Ryan interview. I believe somebody like that interviewed Jared Leto. Maybe it wasn't Mike, and it was like. He just acted like he didn't remember even being an urban legend. Right. He just was yeah. like, he was like, oh, I don't think I was in that. And he's like, no, no, you're the star of it. You're, I you're, could see... you're above the title. He's like, I don't think so. And then the guy's like, no, no, you are. He's like, okay, right, whatever could you see, say. I could see I Daniel Day Lewis having a real fondness for this movie. That Maybe, this is yeah, this maybe. is based on nothing, but I just feel like he'd be like, oh yeah, that was. I fun. will say, like, I rewatched. Like, <laughs> he doesn't do obviously a lot of press in a long time, but he did he did go out for the my left foot campaign um and he was on like arsenio and so i'll link to it in our article but you know this is 1990 or you know 89 90 and you know arsenio was huge and what a lovely guy and just gets up there soft spoken you know you just seem you know for all the intensity and i was saying to connor as we were prepping for this you know my left foot obviously you know, the, you know, such a physical performance. That's where the kind of the legend of Dandy Lewis starts. Where you know, oh, he, yeah. he didn't break character. You know, the physical, you know, uh, things he had to do to play that Chrissy Brown, and and then it immediately jumps to Last of the Mohicans, where there's a New York Times profile that really like adds to the legend. Where it's like you got like quotes from Madeline Stowe, quotes from Michael Mann, being like, "Yeah, man, he's intense. Like he's the best. He's like just being Hawkeye. Like we love him. You know, you can't even phase him." And then, but then the quotes from Dan Day Lewis are, are, are never at that level, right? They're yeah. like, yeah, look, I'm doing my best, just happy to be here, right? He's never really, it never yeah. seems like he's adding, like if you want to bring up a Jared Leto to that point, it's not like that, right? It never feels like he's doing, you know what I mean? I think like, the person to bring up, just because they have a direct connection, would be Jeremy Strong, right? Like, yeah, that's almost like. And, and right, again, Lincoln, I, right? Yeah, Lincoln. and I well, and even so, Jeremy well, Strong. Also Jeremy works, Strong is the well, he's the rules from Saturday, well, he, so, as we know. Which, but he works. So he knows everybody. And we'll get there in a second. But he worked with Daniel Day, like for Daniel Day Lewis, on the set of Ballad of Jack and Rose. There you go. And right. like Daniel Day Lewis, according to that. What was it the New York? Who did the big profile on uh, Jeremy Strong? Was it New York? Yeah, I think New, it was the New, New York. Yorker. Yorker. In that yeah. profile. Strong talks about like how 
Daniel Day-Lewis at the end of that shoot imparted like whatever axioms to him that he like lived by. And it does almost like I was saying to Fiona off mic, like I was like, oh, so it's Daniel's fault. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, so, Jeremy so Jeremy Strong being like an actor is like all Daniel Day-Lewis's fault. And it does almost feel, and I don't know Jeremy Strong, I'm sure he's very nice. But the again, the like impression of that person does feel like almost if Daniel Day Lewis bought into his own bullshit a little bit versus what you're talking yeah. about, right? Which is like it's it would seem that he did not, you know. Uh, I just I think what often gets lost in these conversations, and we don't need to like we don't need to litigate this, but like, you know, the method thing, which is like so overblown and there's so much about it that's not that's not even half true and whatever, right? What what gets lost often is like no nobody's getting hurt, right? Like I think the thing to say is like if the process is what it needs to be for sure. Daniel Day Lewis, right? If he just needs to learn how to make a canoe, they would have made it during the French Indian War, then do it. What like if it's not if it's if it's in the budget or if he's paying out of his own right like if he's just doing it and that's what he needs to do okay right like that, right. that's how i feel about it right like just as somebody right who just oh, fine right i think where you run into issues is always the thing of just like day-to-day -day operational stuff if it becomes a situation where it's like we had this whole production. This other actor felt like they were getting short shrift, blah, 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 blah. That's where you get into like, okay, like when does it become too much? And I, I don't think that actually happens all too much, right? I think that's rarer than people right. think. And um, yeah, it's an interesting, it's it's always interesting. I just think it's probably overcovered. And I always love the quotes that Dan Lewis have are just always minimize it. He's like, yeah, look, I was a bit of a butcher, but I mean, look, I wasn't butch. You know, I wasn't like beating up people. You know, I was just, you know, keeping it in my mind. And But um, so, okay, so let's move on to, is it just the next year, right, Connor, 89? It is, yeah. So he does, he does My Left Foot, which the year, the year after this he'll win the, he'll win the Oscar for. Now, I would argue and this is, is it weirder than Star? No, I guess it's not weirder it's a little than Stars weird. and Bars. No, 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 it, you, it is weird. It is yeah. weirder. weirder. No, because this yeah. is, yeah. Stars and Bars, there are other things I will things say, I can and I think I'm going to be disagreed like, with here, and this maybe speaks to my watch, but I definitely like this movie more than Stars and Bars, which I think is like, maybe that says more about me. Where I'm just I, like, I think what a I weird said this, this is. What the, a the category movie. of movie this fits into, I don't even know how I would describe it. I feel like this I, would have crushed like 1997 Sunday. Well, what though. I was gonna say is I this to me, I get the vibe of like this feels something like Danny Boyle would have made in like 2009 oh, yeah, yeah. Like and it would have yeah, And then yeah. they would have made like an award swing for it or something, because it's just such like James Franco um, is from Eversmile, <laughs> New Jersey. He's a motorcycle dentist. That's basically what it is. Yeah, he's the plot a... is literally he Nothing is... Nothing about this movie makes sense. Nothing. <laughs> it's, why, it's called Eversmile, New Jersey. None of the movie takes place in, in New Jersey. Jersey. Well, that's it the, takes the place... company... Right, is ever smiling. It's Argentina. Correct. Right. Um, so, Argentinian Daniel, Daniel filmmaker. Daniel Lewis is Irish for some reason. Yes, Again, yeah. none of this is explained or makes any right. sense whatsoever. Yeah. Which we should say. Argentinian, Argentinian he was, filmmaker. He is British, right? But his, well, yeah. so his parents well, is Irish. Is that? Well, so he, so actually, this is a good quick. I wanted to talk about this real quick. I, I'm going to have strong, strong opinions about this. Oh, no. Tell, well, then you do you tell me then. 
people who it annoys me when people call Daniel Day Lewis Irish. Okay, cool. because, yes, because he's English. He's, he's English. Yeah, he's English. He was born in England and raised there. His father was born in Ireland, but right. even Cecil his father. His father moved from Ireland to England when he was two years old. Okay. Daniel Day-Lewis has a fairly upper-class English upbringing, right. and he's closer to his character in A Room with a View. Um, so good and, in that movie. And, and Stars and Bars. That's right. more. That's closer to who he is in real life than all of his Irish and Northern Irish characters. Right. I think the thing okay. with him, right? And, Kurt, he, yeah, and he even says calls himself an Englishman. So he has got dual citizenship now because he's got a house in Ireland. I was going to say, he speaks yeah. incredibly fondly of where yeah. he lives in Ireland. And his father, Cecil Day-Lewis, is like a poet laureate of England, right? He's a very famous yeah. you know, artist yeah. and his mother was an actress. So yeah, to your point. Nepo baby. Well, yeah, it's a very <laughs> Phoebe Waller-Bridge type yeah. of thing, right? It's like, yeah. you, you're getting Day-Lewis, you're getting a Waller-Bridge, you're getting the hyphen. <laughs> there's there's some <laughs> Something happening, okay. So, and I don't. To your point, Fiona, I don't think he denies it. I think he. Oh, I think. But certainly, I mean, Christy Brown was Irish, yeah. am I right? So I think yeah. from there. And it's the fact that he worked with Jim Sheridan like three, three times. times. Obviously, that's what I'm right? He played all, Irish a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right. So I think you get that thing of like, I certainly up until a few years ago thought he was Irish right because you're just like yeah. well yeah the boxer which <laughs> you know to be clear the boxer I mean is and we'll get to it as, as our as our we'll get to it in a minute but the boxer is like one of my favorite I love the boxer love it has have always loved it right after Gangs of New York kind of discovered it like really important to me Rewatching it was like really nice for me it was like a warm I was like oh the boxer I was like what a nice movie. And it's not, it's like yeah, a I don't tough know if I'd movie. call it a nice movie. No, but it's a, <laughs> no, but I like the character, his character. Sure. It's so, so Jim Sheridan, right? Jim yeah. Sheridan is a director I love where he's just like, things are bad, but they might get better, right? You're like, okay, Jim, all right, maybe. Um, but anyway, so back to Eversmile, New Jersey. The quick plot is, yeah, we're in Argentina. He's on a motorcycle. He's a mobile dentist. He, he hates... Unmobile, immobile dentist. This is a huge part of the movie. Yeah. He has a vendetta. Yeah. yeah. Very <laughs> anti. I, I'm a, I'm a um, brick and mortar dentist. And he's bobbing around these villages <clears throat> across. Not unlike Walter Salas' The Motorcycle Diaries, he's bopping around the country in the little villages, but instead of bestowing political affirmations, he's fixing teeth. And he, he's, like a de- uh, he's a dentist without borders, is what he is. Dentist That's like basically... And what is the what is the year? Is it the it's, sixty? What is the year? I can I can check when this. When it's set, do you mean? Yeah. Oh, when is it yeah. set? oh okay. So I didn't pick up that it was set in any different yeah, time. Maybe it's not. I, I just assumed I be, it was nineteen eighty nine. I could happily be wrong on yeah. this. Uh, it could be set. Yeah, it might be set. Yeah, uh, yeah, it might be set. Uh, there's a there's a witch in this film. Like, <laughs> I would you say Car- Carlos Serin <laughs> is the um is the uh. Argentinian director and um it's um the whole movie is basically he um he basically gets uh comes across a, a younger woman Marjana uh Djokovic Estella and they basically become who's uh, Slavic in real life again it, well, exactly, makes no yeah, sense that she's no playing sense. an Argentinian yeah, 100%. girl and they just become connected right she basically escapes her life she's due to be married what have you 
she travels the countryside with him and he basically gets into shenanigans he's got a mean streak he's got a temper he gets arrested right like you know he hates scoundrels he you know the oh dental. guys this movie premiered at toronto it all makes sense now it feels like the most toronto film festival movie to me like <laughs> it didn't it barely got released here um in, in the states um you know came and went you know, no one really remembers it, obviously. Yeah, like you said, premiered I, I September struggled 89. I struggled to get through it, to be it. honest, yeah, because yeah. of the ADR dialogue. Sure, so sure. So the whole thing is dubbed, like 100% of the sound at the dialogue is overdubbed in post. And it gives the entire thing this really surreal quality. It does which feel I like it's to... also like punched. Like the, I will say, yeah, the transfer that's like available of this movie feels like someone had took like a widescreen vhs with the the letterboxing and then just yeah, like, like a pan and scan yeah, and like cropped in yeah. on it yeah yeah um, but it, it um the whole thing feels surreal because of that i th I wish it had leaned into that surrealism more during the well during Connor, the that's meeting. what you're talking about with dandy lewis or, or danny boyle rather yeah i just yeah right i think I think, at, at, yeah, the plot is just so, yeah, surreal is the best word for it that, yeah, I think just a, a director that maybe has a little, had a little bit more of an eye for just creating, you know, it, it, crazier imagery or something like that. The, the, best, the best part for me is um, when he arrives at that office and there's all these women who are all dressed identically and he yeah. has the fight with the <laughs> with the dentist or whatever he is there. That to me is like the highlight of the movie because it, it is really weird and it feels like almost like a dream sequence or something. Can I ask a question? And you guys can tell me if I missed this. So he keeps dispatching back to Eversmile you know, main office yeah. in New Jersey and being like, I need more supplies. You haven't yeah, responded. Yeah, more money, yeah. They never close that loop, right? Like, it's not like the office is closed, is it? Do we hear, he, do we hear that? He, he realizes at the end that he, that the woman, his benefactor has moved on to something else. She, okay, so she, not, they, not she, dentistry. she changed her cause from global dentistry yeah. to like accessible so she, dentistry to whales. To like okay, so whales. She, she's that. abandoned okay. him basically. Yeah. So he's now just going around Argentina with like no support, no financial support. Because his big thing is other than hating a mobile dentist is just tooth decay right where he's yeah. just basically yeah. like obsessed with cavities yeah, yeah. Your, your teeth are decaying like right now they're decaying like what'd you what what'd you last eat okay like that's messing up your teeth and let me look anytime at them. anyone eats anything he calls it like shit basically yeah. it's like yeah, yeah get on with eating your shit <laughs> it's a wild movie it's just wild that it got made it's wild what that do we think of ddl it. in this picture i do like him in it i will say Fer Fergus is his name, Dr. O'Connell. I think he excels at characters that are hyper-focused to the point of tunnel vision. I feel like that's like a recurring thing in Phantom his... Phantom Thread. Yeah, too, yeah there best, will be blood. Like, like it's, maybe his best. Yeah, it's very... Uh, no. I think, yeah, I think he's good in the movie, but it's... I, that was something I noticed while watching. It's like, oh yeah, he just needs to be like... Not needs to be. He can do a lot of. He could do many things. But I feel like the more particular Daniel Day Lewis is, the, the bet like the better he suits the character in terms of. Well, like, once again, not to you know, you know, talking about stars and bars, talking about nine. Those are characters that are kind of. There's a lot going on. They're, they're a little looser. They're a little zanier, yeah. and it's like I think less out of his, out of his registry or register, I should say. But um, yeah, what a strange movie. I mean. 
There's not much more to say about it. It's on Tubi. You know, it's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. <laughs> you can, it's you, can Tubi, you. you can Tubi it. Um, waiting for you. But like yeah, I said, I mean, there's a witch in it at the end in the uh, yeah, in the that, final act of that, the movie. That, that bit was quite weird you as well. Actually, just just like I wanted it to just get you know even weirder than it was. Well, and they're they're kind of approaching an Odyssey thing, right? Yeah, because like she's yeah. kind of a siren. Yep. He gets caught there, right? It's you're, yeah. They're doing a little bit of that, you know, whatever. Just to bring it back to a B side, we've all talked about in the past. I feel like if this had a little bit more of a vibe, like a life less ordinary, there you go. It would be like a, yes. it would be like a little more successful. That's I right, you and yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. But uh, that was a fun. But episode. anyway, I digress. The pillow book. You guys remember the pillow book? Oh yeah, I did. I did. Oh. <laughs> Talking about seeing seeing a lot of DDL. You seen a lot of EWAN. Um, all right, so that was Ever Smile. And then just to kind of jump us to the boxer, which we've kind of been uh, bopping around, you get your Jim Sheridan, you, you know, you get my left foot the same year as Ever Smile. He wins his Oscar, takes a little break. 1992, he's back in a big way. Michael Mann's The Last of the Mohicans, based on the James Fenimore Cooper, uh, uh, American classic novel. And um, just a dope movie, man. Rewatching it, I forgot that it opens was just like, that awesome hunting scene like just a movie where less than two hours long way to go yeah first of all right that movie you know what i mean and then just like michael Mann being like yeah i'm gonna build all this shit we're just gonna be out here in virginia and it's funny because it's shot in virginia set where me and you are from con set, oh, in, hudson it's set in the hudson valley interesting you know which i always forget that I did it's not like know. one of the great hudson valley set movies yeah, sleepy Hollow, or not movie books whatever pieces of work uh sleepy hollow another one and then um so Last of the Mohicans comes out, does well, doesn't get any nomination, you know, kind of a handsomely made movie, well-reviewed. Age of Innocence, the Scorsese movie the next year, he obviously makes that same year in the name of the father. Which probably a top about. three Daniel Day-Lewis performance, probably. Age of Innocence? Age of Innocence. It's, uh, I mean, look, uh, I, it's, yeah. it's, I, it's top three I or four. I feel like his right last there. two, I don't know, like, the la for me, I think the last three out of the four... No, well, nine, be, of course, obviously. Well, nine's in there, no. But there will be blood, and then I think Lincoln and Phantom Thread. We'll I don't know, Phantom we'll Thread we'll I talk, love. We'll get to anyway. there will be blood in a minute. I want to talk yeah, about that I movie think, for think, a little bit. I think bit. we need to talk about yeah. it. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But so, <laughs> Age of Innocence, uh, great movie. Yeah, you yeah. know, In the Name of the Father, great. Jerry, The story of Jerry Conlon and his father, uh, who's P. Postaway. My God, he's so good in that Dude, movie. I, um, will, I should say, they are maybe that's some of the best father-son casting, I think. Oh, I've yeah. ever seen in a movie. And also oh, just yeah. Emma Thompson. They both have, they both have weird so skulls. good. They both yeah. have like well, the well, cheekbones. The, yeah, they're like, very long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're very long. Very Englishmen. specific noses. Like yes. it's, yeah. Um, and then the Crucible we mentioned, uh, Nicholas, that's right. Hot Nicholas Hittner. ever looked. Yeah, he is incredibly yeah. handsome in the Crucible. So beautiful in the Crucible. And I did always like... love that, that like less is more poster where it's like, you know, their half of their faces in the red font against the white. Oh, sure, that was a good, right. yeah. a good a good poster. Um yeah, Nicholas Hintner, who uh is a theater guy, uh who yeah. did I think he was coming off the madness of King George, yeah, which is a good movie. We talked about him a little bit. He did the history boys, Lady in the Van. Yeah. He's like a he's like a great uh, theater guy in England. Um, and then Danny Flynn and Jim Sheridan's The Boxer, 1997. 
the IRA, so much IRA in the nineties. Yeah, it was, it was the, it. it was the, it was the glory what? days of uh, Clinton trying to get a deal done and whatever. Yeah, but what's incredible about this, and I, I really, really strongly admire movies like World War Two movies that do this, is that the the ceasefire that is in the box, the boxer that happened in July ninety seven. Yeah, the movie came out in December ninety seven. Yeah. So it's like. It, you know, these are current events that they're making a movie about, and I always it always blows my mind when they do that. Well, that's that we when you watch like Casablanca had, or something, uh, and you're like, and Wayne, they take something <laughs> yeah. that we had Wayne, right uh, then and there. We had Wayne Wang on, and we talked to him briefly about Chinese Box, which is also '97, and that was when Tokyo was gonna, or Tokyo, uh, Hong Kong was gonna. Uh, regain its independence um, yeah. from English rule, right? English rule, yeah, I believe so. Okay. And um, he was there filming this movie with Jeremy Irons and Gong Li and um, Maggie Chung, like while it was wow. happening, just kind of anticipating struggle, and that didn't really happen. But you still get this movie that I think is so crazy underrated, where like not enough people have seen it, where you're they're th they're there, they're in Hong Kong filming this like kind of star cross romance while the turnover's happening and there's this like anticipation of violence or something and that didn't really happen obviously it's like we you know kind of a, a little bit of a sadly last few years you've been seeing kind of the opposite of that with chinese china coming in anyway we don't need to get into it but like to your point those are you know, casablanca another example you brought up like so so interesting right when yeah. you like are capturing like ripped from the headlines but it's a fictional movie but it's in this very real because this movie like you said i was saying it's nice and obviously i i mean that <laughs> as like a for for me right like i love this movie as a younger yeah. person it was very important to me you know what i mean i think there's a lot of movies in the late 90s i brought up gods of monsters a million times the bill condon movie this movie a lot of movies during this period of time when i was kind of very formative trying to discover stuff and like wow it really to me holds up i just love it, it. like i love that it em is a sports movie i love that he emily is. watson is so oh. good and so beautiful in this film now is this like the year after breaking the waves right this is what when's breaking the waves this is it the year before right no, no i think breaking the waves was like 94 uh maybe it was it was no, right around right. this time. She was really yeah. like popping off. And I think yeah. she's so good. And this is kind of, Kent could be a thankless role, right? 96 yeah, yeah. was Breaking yeah, the Waves. Right, yeah, it was right right before this, right? Breaking the Waves, her, her first movie, right? And this is right after it, right? She makes yeah. Metroland right the same year. And um, man, what a good uh, performance. They have good chemistry. Yeah, Basically, the quick good. plot is Danny Flynn... Uh, was a renowned boxer in Ireland. He's getting out of prison. There's and kind of no, a lot of no like whispers Ireland. around town. He's going back to town. And um, Brian Cox is Emily Watson's father who, and you guys can spot check me here. He's basically like a political organizer who is in the middle of trying to come to terms with a deal. And he's got these, a couple of underlings who are basically against peace right because they think the deal's bad essentially and they're they're undermining him right like and yeah. he's trying to keep cool but now you have this guy coming in who 
was part of the violence, took the rap, didn't didn't rat on anybody while he was in prison for I think it's like thirteen years. Yeah, which is right? da- Danny. Yeah, which is yeah. which is uh, Danny uh, Danny Lee Lewis, Danny Flynn. And he basically goes back to his old gym, starts training again because he kind of can't do anything else, right? Nothing else he knows how to do. And he starts taking fights, kind of rallies the people once more, but it but it brings all the old sins back up, right? That's just what the movie's about. It's not. It's a very. It there's a tried and true formula to it, right? There's sure. nothing about it that's new except for the setting, right? Which I think yeah, Sheridan's so good at doing, right? I think. When Sheridan's at his best, in the name of the father being another one, my my left foot being another one, honestly, biopic, right? He's basically taking these well-worn tropes, spinning them, contextualizing them, making them something he understands. Yeah, it's rooted in a real, very real place and time and, you know, really, really conveys that well to the audience 100 i this too i like i so i had watched i watched this actually back to back within the name of the father which was a fascinating double feature because yeah. it, it does feel like a spiritual sequel in a way yeah. like they're both movies about guys that went to prison for 15 years one of them wrongfully convicted one of them rightfully convicted right and and then released but um it was fascinating to watch them kind of in that vacuum for the for the reasons of like uh yeah just seeing how you know you watch in the name of the father a very real thing right and 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 how that helps to just you know uh, like to then pivot right into this as i was watching them i was like oh that was very nice because i just feel like i i have like a nice like backdrop to which i everything like you know I, I can see everything going on. I did. I was talking to Dan while watching it, and I, I would love to find this out somehow. But I was like, "Do you think Jim Sheridan fucking hates Belfast? Like Kenneth Branagh's Belfast? Like, oh god! I oh, feel yeah. like he must. I feel like he must yeah. like loathe that movie. Yeah, um, and right, right for you so. <laughs> I just it, like I'm gonna do the most treacly shit. Yeah, you've right. Ever seen. Which, which, here's the thing about Branagh because I always, I always defend Branagh generally. And I always think it's uh, Fiona. F- I feel I feel like you're going to disagree with me here, and I appreciate it if you if you will. I feel like it's it's all in earnest with Brana. Like I feel yeah. like he's one of those guys where it's like I'm not really. But- I I am defending it, but I get where the criticisms come from. But what I love about Brana is it uh, when he's doing his stuff where it's just like I'm just gonna. Hey man, acting so great, right? You know, or like, or like <laughs> Belfast. I love my time there. You know, he, it's like he actually, he means that, right? Like right. it's coming from a real place. And I think I always find that a little endearing where I'm like, there's so much ego there. Obviously, there's so much. But that's the thing. It's like right. so misguided and blinkered. I do, yeah. I do think it's coming from a real place, but I don't think he's seeing the bigger, the bigger picture. picture. Exactly. So he can't see himself objectively obviously because he is him right. so right. and he he's just a bit too you know but even we uh, talked about frankenstein briefly like you know on the fringes of our halloween episode his frankenstein mary shelley's kenneth brown is mary shelley's frankenstein <laughs> and like and just like even that movie which is so misguided and so long and like pissed everybody off and we talked about it and just even that movie where he's like well you know what the thing is the book is great so i'm going to d- adapt the whole damn thing and what if if 
Frankenstein was a hottie with a body. And you're like, all right, okay, okay. And he's just like, right, guys? And you're like, well, no, no, but good try. I don't just, know. And it's like, Hamlet, great. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make every word. I'm going to add a couple words. We're just going to keep it all in. Like, okay, buddy. And I just love it. I love that for him. But certainly, yeah, like Sheridan is like so lean. Not mean, but like certainly like... No, he's got a you nice know, level unblinking. Like, like, yeah, like right? you said, like there's very, a, yeah. there's a nice level of optimism to it. In, in yeah, I in think sometimes he ta- he has a tendency, and I think he sometimes gets shit for this, which I don't agree with. I think he like he'll put a nice he'll put a jaunty not jaunty he'll put a um a uh, a soft spin in the third acts of his films, right? Which I do think people inherently bristle at. Right, and I'm thinking of specifically of in America and uh, and and the boxer, but but to the larger point, what I was saying before, I find that endearing. Maybe in a similar way to the Brana stuff, like I I find it to be like you know what, like I like that. Like show us the real shit. But if you want to have hope, right, and yeah. you've taken me this far, I think that's okay. Right, it doesn't all have to be, you know, fucking Flannery O'Connor. Right, like it can be. There can be like. <laughs> hope you know what i'm saying like yeah um so i just love this movie so, and Fiona, like rewatching you, it made you, me so happy that i loved it you yeah. picked this movie because i i was gonna give us the landmine that is nine as, as, as one of the talk about and, nine. Uh, and um and you were you were very smartly like yeah what if we did the boxer instead <laughs> so i just like what's your relationship to this movie in particular that I I mean, funnily enough, I didn't see it for until like last year. I okay, think. sure. So it's not, it's not I'm not like down where he's got a really close relationship with it from right. years ago, but I do think it's amazing. And considering how much I love in the name of the father, like it's you know yeah. I love that movie so yeah, much. It's great. It's weird that I hadn't seen the boxer, or or you know I don't think I had seen it before last year. Um, but yeah, I think the performances are so good in the boxer. I and I love the Daniel Day Lewis and Emily Watson scenes are just so so good and really keep me going throughout the whole thing. Well, and I love that their chemistry, right, Fiona? It captures. They were kids, right? What I like, yeah. what I like about, yeah. I feel like often with movies where people are coming out of prison, they don't do enough to like, you know, she didn't visit him, right? And they had this like very early love and that's like all he's had. And really she got married, but kind of all she's had too, to some degree, right? It's a very. Well, her, her husband's been in prison for as, I think, I think it's implied as long as uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, I, I really love, yeah, the, the portrayal of like the wives and the children who are, who are left behind yeah. when all the men get sent to prison. Uh, that's one of the strongest elements of the film, I think. Yeah. And I just love it. There's a lot of arrested development, like when they're talking at, yeah. the, at the beach and like just this idea of like, we're in love, right? Like we said, we were in love. I feel like we're still in love. And it's this very kind of like, they kind of get it. They feel the chemistry, but there's, there's a. They're unsure because now they're in their mid thirties, and he's been gone, yeah. and like everyone's dead, and everyone's it is in jail. Really, and it's... to that point though, with Daniel Day Lewis, it's a really like youthful performance from him. Yeah. Like he's, he, he's playing nearly ten years younger, younger than he was, was at that say, point as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty five. So, he's like forty five. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, it's. But he does it so well. And even if he doesn't look like he's the age he should be playing, it plays. And it's into funny the character because he's, he's playing way old. He's playing like. 
significantly older in that movie. Which and I in Lincoln, funny. he's playing dead. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> he's back from the dead, dude. He's crazy. Because um, Tomas no, it, in the book is old. Anyway, yeah. Keep going. No, Sorry. but it's just a really. It's interesting because it's like even if he's playing younger and looks older than he should, it helps the movie because he's just. Well, in the boxing, he, it feels I like do, he's meant. The I boxing like scenes the, are great in this movie. I do we think it's say. underrated yeah. in that respect. Like no one taught. You know, it's like. It's a good sports movie. It like he's good, he's yeah. he's a stringy Irish, but like that's what they were yeah, fucking it's like. A good, he's like a stringy. And I'm a, I'm quick. basically a sucker for boxing movies. Sure, like, me too. A yeah, brother sure. of mine had recommended it to me, and then like another one was like, "No, nah, it's like not really about boxing though." So like, don't watch. And then I avoided it for a while, and then I like watched it in college though, and I was like, "Oh no, this like rules." Like it's well, like, like the scene at the it, banquet. I always like think about that scene. Like oh, it's I, an incredible. I it's it such all a the good time. Thing. Yeah. It's such a good scene when he just walks mm-hmm. away. Like. So and and so and to bring back to the Sheridan thing, so restrained. Yeah, I think like you could do so much more garish shit in that scene, sure. and like you know, like blood falling on the white, yeah. cl- you know, like yeah. so, stuff that would be totally expected and and effective. I'm not even saying it wouldn't work really. I just think that's a that's a a, a Sheridan secret sauce thing of like at the moment you expect stuff like that, he tends to be like. No, I'm not going to do that, well, which I think, I think is really important. I think actually. one, you know, in this, you can find this easily, but like Daniel J. Lewis trained for like two years oh, for this yeah. movie, oh, sure. whatever, yeah. to the degree that Probably his, like an 11 and 0 record. Yeah, his, his like tra- his, yeah. To the degree that his trainer had ultimately said like, he's not going to, but like if you put him he in the ring, box. he could yeah, like, yeah. he yeah. could sure. probably box. Right. And I, what it, a lethal weapon between Hawkeye and this. <laughs> you don't want to run in 1998 Daniel Day Lewis at a bar. You don't want to get into it. With I him. do Let's think. Just say it. I do Bow think in the boxing scenes, though. I think Sheridan kind of lets that speak for himself. Like you can see the work in a good yeah. way, right? When the, yeah. when in those scenes, but also like I just love like because the whole. I mean, it's all used as a fairly on the nose metaphor, but like he uses it as a means of like you know being a pacifist versus a violent person right and so like daniel day lewis as a fighter in the film feels like someone who's constantly trying to like convince like himself so he's not be here yeah. yeah and he's just like he's, and yeah he doesn't want to be there and he's like i'm not a violent person i'm not a violent person like it's that kind of thing right and then like the matches that he wins or starts to come out on top it are when he finally you, you just he flips the switch and like with two or three punches a guy's down on the ground, right? And you're like, oh, whoa, whoa. Like, and it kind of like, it's right. a little shocking. He's fighting when against it, himself, yeah. right? It's and very you, much. And it's, right. But it's, yeah, but to your point, none of it's that very is very Irish. Por- <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's pro- yeah. But none of that's portrayed in any kind of like overly operatic way or anything like that. It, but it's all there in every scene. It's like so, t- it's tasteful. It's a tasteful movie. Like, I, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and the kid's good. Liam, Emily Watson's uh, son, good child performance, I think, uh, you know, as it stands. and Get a couple rare. good, get a couple. You, I think you get a nice, non-angry Brian Cox in this movie, which oh, is yeah. nice, yeah. too, which is like, I you're kind of waiting think for it. his yeah. character is surprising. Like, yes. I like oh, totally. You think I like he's going to be one way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, well, and especially now, not to be, you know, to bring no, in No, yeah, post-succession, But now you though, see yeah. him and you're, you're yeah. like, oh, shit. And yeah. then it's like, oh, no, okay. Like, it's a very nuanced But even before kind of succession, thing. I think if you were, like, someone who was even just familiar with Brian Cox from, like, whatever. Well, this... even The Ring. I've seen yeah, The Ring. Right, right, right. Where he's like, he's just like, I'm going to tell you everything that happened. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. You know? <laughs> and that's, that's five years after this, right? It's like he was very much on, he was on his way 
to being that guy who was in all those American films, mm-hmm. but, you know, pre-succession. You know what I mean? He was, I mean, he was, you know, but, um, yeah, man, just a good freaking movie. Just good, good pick, Fiona. Thank you. Good, yeah, yeah, it's a good pick. Um, you know, this this uh, holiday season, be Italian. We don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about how you had to be Italian. You, we were we were Irish instead. Um, all right, so ninety seven. This is the beginning of the big break, right? He basically kind of he retires. One, you know, he he pulls a Soderbergh. Right. You know, it's and kind he of kind of is like, I'm good actually for a while. First retirement. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take him. He's like, he pulls a Michael Jordan. He's like, right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be a carpenter. I'm gonna paint whatever he's doing. Right? He's like very much like I'm I'm not I'm not around. And basically, Scorsese, Dream Project, Gangs in New York. Um, he really pulls him out and is like, I need you for this. And um, you know, obviously, he worked with him on Age of Innocence. And yeah, we talked about Bill the Butcher. Certainly not a Certainly not a B-side. Incredible. Gets the Oscar nom. Iconic stuff. That's the year we should just say, because it's interesting. Um, that's the year Adrian Brody wins. Right. And so that's the weird year where you think it's probably Nicholson and Dave Lewis split the vote that gets Brody the Oscar. Um, right. Yeah. Because they both had won People an Oscar. Also They're cried. both living legends. They, they right. cried category fraud with this one too, right? Because they put him in best For actor. Butcher? Yeah, because no. they put him in best actor. He's not supporting. I don't think a gangs. I don't. I no. don't necessarily agree with that, but I can see how. I can see how. No, he, he's a cold. He's in so much of that movie. Yeah. I don't. I would not. I would not think that was fraud. It does feel like Leo's movie. Like in terms of like a no no, no, no I'm saying just in terms of that like he's the protagonist of the film he's the central yeah, character right like, the movie is it, the movie is equally weighted though and I think smartly so just because obviously sure. Leo God bless was kind of still finding his footing you know that that you know look we don't need a no but you are literally watching Daniel Day Lewis like you know, blow him off the screen and like which is every, intentional <laughs> yeah. I mean it's obviously intentional. Yeah. But it, it doesn't help that, like, the, the accent's a nightmare. <laughs> He's got scenes with Cameron Diaz, who's doing her best. You know, there's a lot against Leo in that movie. And, like, more, probably more than anything is that Dan Day-Lewis is like, what if I just was the best actor and you were still young and figuring it out? Like, you know, it's, like, tough. What I like about Gangs of New York is I think it's got Daniel Day-Lewis doing some stuff that he pulls out of his toolbox a little bit. And there will be blood. Yeah, it's a little um, pre-plane view. You but, get a little, pre, but, pre, but pre, just pre, a little bit. I yeah. think, and I do want to. It's not a B-side, Bill. but I do want to talk. I do want to talk about it because be I, I prefer Bill the Butcher. You're I agree to Daniel yeah. Plainview because I think yeah. it's it's a little bit more all of a piece, uh, but but. I think we can get into that. So and after- also you get and like not to be whatever, but like I mean, just like among the many underrated things about Gangs of New York, um, which I've grown to just absolutely love, right? Despite all of the problems, there's so many problems in that movie. You get like great, you get like a great scene with Liam Neeson and Dan Lee Lewis. Like that cannot be understated. That opening scene, you're getting like two great. You want to talk about like Irish, like a great Irish actor, great English actor, like. Really, you know, Liam, I think it's sad to me a little. We've talked about this a little bit. He's in this Charles Bronson era. And I I feel like there's this (laughs) there's this thing with him of like too much water in his beer a little bit where people are like, yeah, Liam's good. But he's kind of just like an action star. And it's like, yeah, but he's great. Like he was great. He still is great. 
and like Priest Valum, Schindler's, like all these things. He, uh, and it bums me out a little bit. I, as much as I have a guilty pleasure for a lot of those movies he makes now, it little bums me out that his rip, he's, his like legacy is like now. And I'm like, oh man, he was so good. Anyway, so three years later, I don't think there's anything in between. No, he no. finally works with Rebecca Miller, his wife. Um, she writes and directs a movie called The Ballad of Jack and Rose. You got Jack. And it's, and it's not about Titanic. It's not about you Titanic. You got Rose. Just That's to be funny. clear. I didn't even think about that, of course. Really? No. Didn't even. But of course, I should have. <laughs> yeah. You got Jack. You got Rose. It's a ballad. So here's the thing. I This is another movie. 05. I would have been certainly older. I was very excited for this. Uh, love, loved it when it came out. Still really liked it rewatching it. Um, one of those weird indie movies that was important to me just because it was like so weird. You know, I was uh, young yes, enough where I was weird. like, I was like, whoa, what is this? Not what quite as weird, not now? quite as weird as Ever Smile New Jersey or Stars and Bars. Well, like, but it fits into maybe a little bit more of a piece, but. So I don't, yeah. so let me, so have you, have either I you had guys not read, seen that. I had not seen this oh, you movie. Seen it. No. Have you seen it, Fiona? Yeah, I saw it last year. You saw it last year. But, so I, I wrote this whole article about Daniel Day-Lewis last year, which is why I've seen I've seen like 19 out of 20 of his films. Which we'll link to, obviously. Everybody should read it listening. Um, what'd you, so why don't you tell us about Ballad of Jack and Rose? Do I, do I have to? <laughs> no, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't, I would, so here was what I was going to say as an, as an entree into it. There's a book... Um, I think I was reading it around the time, which maybe kind of helped here. Uh, T.C. Boyle is a, is a really interesting writer. He's written a lot of books. One of his more well-known books is a book called Drop City, which I feel like came out around this time. And it's basically a book about a commune. And I think it's set in the late 60s, kind of counterculture peak. But it's like it's the demystification of those communes, right, where it's like – all the sexual assault that happened, all the drug use that led to kind of bad decision-making. <clears throat> it's a really interesting book. He's an interesting writer. Um, and so that fascinated me as a younger person reading that, not really understanding it kind of. And so a lot of the Ballad of Jack and Rose is kind of on the fringes of that, right? Because basically they live on this island that once upon a time was this commune that Jack uh, Slavin, I believe his name is, or Clavin, Glavin? Uh, Slavin, it, Slavin, yeah. Slavin. Okay. And, and he's Scottish in this for some he's reason. Scottish, yeah, why not? I was like, why is he Scottish? <laughs> and um, I guess maybe there's the independence part. I don't know. Maybe, uh, uh, that's that's a whole other thing. But like, yeah, he's Scottish, which is weird. But so, yeah, Jack lives on the island with his daughter Rose, and they're on one side of the island. It used to be a commune. No one's left. Him and his daughter. And of course, they there are developers trying to put up you know houses on the island because it's a very lucrative piece of property developer and played by Bo Bridges Bo Bridges yeah. the, the one and only and um and Jack is a is a nincompoop he's a he's a thorn in the side of the developers he's vandalizing <laughs> shooting at the workers the old, the old stinker Jack the old, the old, the old hippie and um Basically, you come to find out very early on that he's been dating a woman uh, on the mainland who's played by Catherine Keener, who has two sons from two different relationships, a young uh, Paul Dano, and I, I uh, kind of maybe you can help me with the other young actor's name, but, yeah, but um, kind of before you can say boo, they're living on the island with Jack and Ryan Rose McDonald. and it, Ryan McDonald, who yeah. I actually like a lot in this movie, yeah. and um, it throws everything into chaos, right? It's just... It's kind of her, it's Camilla Bell plays Rose. 
And it's basically her. It's a little bit Tempesty. This movie. It's a little bit. Sure. It's a little bit like the sure. Tempest. A little bit like the... the Tempest, right? Rebecca Miller. You know, very educated. Probably loves Shakespeare. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what was I going to say? We should say Rebecca Miller, an actress for a long time before she yeah. became, yeah. which is interesting. She was in a movie called Wind, which is kind of a cool movie. Carol Bell. They, I mean, can I ask movie. a dumb question? Did they meet because of the Crucible? Like, did they like? Yeah, that? they did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it makes was a lot of sense. Dad, I just... Lewis going to Arthur Miller's house and that's how we met her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's like, hey, your dad, he wrote the great <laughs> plays. You want to like go out? Um, <laughs> this is going to be like one of my worst movies now. Um, so let me ask a question early on here. On a rewatch, um, there's this very there's a lot of weird scenes, obviously, because sure. the whole point is like they have a very weird Jack and Rose have a very weird relationship. Yeah, she's right? got That's maybe like thing. a little bit of like an electric complex thing. Oh, hundred percent. But know, but yeah. here was the thing that struck me on a rewatch that bothered me, but it was interesting. He does this thing when they're talking, he puts his thumb in her mouth early on, and it's very uncomfortable. And it made me think, like, is there, are we meant to read that there was some, the beginnings of bad stuff on yeah. this island betwixt Jack and Rose? I th I feel like, I don't want to presume, but. I don't, there, I think with the, I, I do think that that's not really. I was a little like, this is. I did not read that as like subtext. Yeah, I kind sure. of read, because specifically like where the movie goes by the end of it, like. Well, yeah, she obviously does not. Right, she loses yeah. her. Right, there's things that happen. But but, that, yeah. but 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 where it goes by the end of it, even between the, the like the two of them and how all of that tension comes to a head, like I you you can it it feels like something where like he pulls the plug on her staying on the island because he well, he's dying. Right, he, which yeah, that, we, yeah. we learned that early on. That's not a spoiler. Yeah. Like very early on, we learn he's very sick. But he's I, got a heart. I thing do think that dying. is intentionally dovetailed with like also like him just acknowledging that they have uh, in, intentionally or otherwise developed like an unhealthy a very relationship. Unhealthy relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um. And what's up, Fiona? What do you got? What do you got to say? So I you don't like the ballad. Absolutely despise this movie. <laughs> Me too. It's Me easily, <laughs> it's Me easily too. his worst. It's Daniel Day-Lewis's worst movie by a long way, I would now, say. Now, do you think he's, the performance is bad as well, you think? I think the performances don't particularly bother me. I don't like the daughter. I don't Camilla, think she's Camilla, very Camilla, good. Camilla, yeah, sure. sorry. But um, uh, Catherine Keener is amazing as always, but I hate the way her character's written. I hate the writing. I hate all of the characters. I despise them. Right. Uh, I do like, can I say, I do like how Keener plays, I do like how Keener plays the character because it's like, this is a woman with like, they make, they basically present her as, as like, she doesn't have a lot of options. She's kind of hanging on by a thread, dating this guy. Yeah. And she offers, and he like, knowing, he's a really not a good guy, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's no. like a very clear early on, right? And he offers her this lifeline of just kind of a life on this island. He has a lot of money from his father. Yeah. But it's so fucked up. Right. Yeah. And he, and Every, he, everything about it is fucked and up. He know, and the thing that's so crazy, and like, I, I, it kind of makes me respect the movie more, but I can understand hating it for this reason, is the movie is just telling you that, like, he knows. Yeah, there's no. Like, yeah, the minute she yeah. gets to the island, and that's what I love about the Keener performance, is like, she gets there, and she, minute two, shit's just real bad. And, 
it's there's never a moment where she's like i am leaving because it is i think in her mind she's like this is my best chance yeah right which is really sad and i think keener plays it really well yeah but certainly the writing of her character is very very short-sighted for sure yeah they close things with a literal transaction between the two of them right like brutal scene he he literally buys her out like but he offers her a check before she even moves in and she and you can see that she's kind of devastated by that but then also she kind of has to accept it that's the thing she she doesn't have much many other options but oh god I just, I hate this film. <laughs> and I think it's funny. Rebecca Miller is an interesting director, right? She makes, she's made a few movies. Maggie's Plan comes to mind. The Private Lives of Pippoli. And I, what I respect about her as a filmmaker is like often she's writing really uh, hard to like characters. Sure. You know, like she writes characters almost like as a dare to her this audience. movie does this movie does feel like that because it's like no but a lot of her movies do yeah like maggie's plan is more of an outright comedy sure but i mean there are like unlikable yeah. people in that movie and private lives of pippa lee you get like a great blake lively performance robin wright's amazing in it but they're like the counter reeves character in that movie yeah nightmare right like like re- like a manic dealing you know there's a lot of stuff that I she's exploring in a lot of her movies. That, you know? So Daniel Day-Lewis makes this movie, right, where um, he plays a, shit, five, he plays right? a so shitty landowner who yeah. has a fraught relationship with his child, yeah. who comes into contact with Paul Dano Poor and Dano. comes into confrontation with him. Oh, I didn't even and think about this. That. I mean, they just do it again <laughs> yeah. two years later. They just do it again and there will be blood. It's so, it's I, so funny. I really love Paul Dano. Like, uh, he, to me, is a saving grace of a lot of movies, including this and There Will Be Blood, to be honest. I, lo- I, um, I do love him in this movie, like this like James Dean. Like, he's like playing like the cool he's like the coolest person on the island of well, seven cool, people like, quote, unquote. No, but that's yeah, my right, point it's right, like right. the bar couldn't be lower yeah. so like in this world of like jenna malone who yeah. like visits you know you're what you know it's and, an indie movie from 2005 because oh, jenna, jenna, jenna malone, malone shows up she's yeah. like i was just at i was just i was just at a house that kevin klein built and i just came right over here and i'm just saying hi kevin klein i was hooking up with kevin klein hooking up with hayden christensen i stopped by his on to see what was up what's up all day you're like okay okay jenna you know it's funny i worked i worked with jenna malone on one of those indie movies yes in, you did. was it oh, 2011 yeah it was late late, so late period did, yeah jenna malone uh, <laughs> one location indies uh very nice um but uh yeah, it's funny. It's funny because I I like this movie a lot, but it's funny you guys really don't like it. And I it's totally not get surprising it. to I me totally that you it. like yeah. it though. Like, and I don't yeah, even sure, mean sure, that sure. in a bad way. It's just no, I no, feel no. like yeah, yeah. I feel like you, I just you think tend for to me with movies like, like this, this yeah. and this is just where and, and certainly time and context is always important with these things. I remember seeing it and rewatching it. I was brought back to this of just being like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Like, you're just like, "What am I watching?" You know, and I think that can really have an effect on you, right? If you're challenged like that, where you're like, oh, the Ballad of Jack and Rose. I'm I'm 18 years old and I love Daniel Day-Lewis. He made a movie with his wife called The Ballad of Jack and Rose. And you (laughs) put the DVD in, you're like, holy mother of God, what is happening? You know, it's like, you can just picture that. It's something that that I'd be curious to know if it would be like a better story as a book, maybe. Um, Or like... 
I think with the Camilla Bell character, certainly there's internalization yes, there yeah. that you don't get. Because I exactly because I do think it, seeing it objectively like doesn't do her any favors. Not that like yeah, you just, she's all, like you, playing an ingenue, but in this way, it's like very. She's an interesting actor. I mean, she never really, po- you know, she, she, you know, this is kind of the moment for her. She makes that When a Stranger Calls remake the year after, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's kind of like she makes that like famously controversial uh, indie movie, The Quiet, with her and Alicia Cuthbert. You know, she just does a lot of kind of kind of intense with things, and then yeah. her last big starring what was thing. My child actress. A lot, a lot of them went that down that route. Yeah, and then her last big thing, you know, which was like a modest hit, but people didn't like, was that Ten Thousand BC movie, the Roland Emmerich movie. You know, oh, right? Yeah, and that was kind of it with yeah. your boy, your your best friend Stephen Strait from uh, when you grew up. <laughs> but um, but but so, God, the Ballad of Jack and Rose. It was funny to rewatch it. Bo Bridges. I do think the Bo Bridges Danny Lewis scene is kind of an interesting yeah. scene because it's just too so diametrically opposed actors you know yeah. where it's like Bo Bridges just like conveys just like chill and then Danny the, Lewis conveys I'm like being I, so I allegedly the, yeah. the intense <laughs> method you know DDL thing on this movie was he like separated himself from Rebecca Miller for like a while leading up there to you the you know sure. to whatever it. to leading up to production or whatever and do you think she knew about the Scottish part like, or do you think, like, to, right? do you think, she like, or do you think, like, do you think he was like, look, like, he, he just turned up on yeah, the first yeah, day. Do, do you think, like, like do you think, can I ask okay. a stupid question? So, this is where I'm going to be totally ignorant. Like, so th- he's doing a Scottish accent, right? He yes. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. Is, it, not- is it working? Is it, does it work? Is it, no, Fiona, what do you think? It's- no, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. I just don't I understand no why, why yeah, he's like got this. It doesn't, like, add like, any, no... it doesn't add anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just feel like we're not given any context. He could have just as easy because they they're, they're off the coast of Massachusetts. Like he exactly. just as easily could have done a New England accent. And well, because so, totally yeah. so Hawkeye American accent. Yeah, yeah. there will be blood American. Phantom Thread. No, he's playing English. English obviously. Yeah. yeah. I, Has he I've, done American? I've made a list. Oh, oh please, tell, can, you, can, please can you read it. it? Can you read the list first? Um, so his English characters are the Bounty, My Beautiful Laundry, oh, Everyone with a View, Stars of Bars, Phantom Thread, uh, Irish or Northern Irish, My Left Foot, Ever Smile, In the Name of the Father, of the Boxer, American. Oh, all all his American characters are, peri- are all period right, films. Sure. So, Last of the Mohicans, Age of Innocence, The Crucible, Gangs of New York, There Will Be Blood and Lincoln. That's a lot, and then, yeah. Uh, and then his others are uh, Gandhi, he's South African. Oh, yeah, Umber- he's in Gandhi, uh, Colin in Gandhi, yeah. Unbearable likeness of being, he's he's meant to be Czech, but he kind of... Yeah, he's he, doing, he doing, an he's doing like European, that. yeah. He's like, and yeah. then Ballad of Jack and Rose, he's Scottish, and Nine, he's which kind is, of Italian. Italian. Okay. Yeah, which is, it's so... Yeah, I kind of like his accent in nine, but it sucks. I, I don't no, know. Well, here's the thing: he's. I so... like it in the way you like, you know, like Kraft mac and cheese. You know, you're like, <laughs> oh, this is bad. It's, but, but you I know like what it, it is? It's not. Um... It, like it's not the thing of beauty that like Adam Driver's Italian accent is, which is like, but it's, it's approaching. Go- well, right? right? No, but I guess my point because I think. Uh, uh, I think Adam Driver's Italian accent has just enough like camp to it that you're like hell yeah, like you're like yeah. spaghetti, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and I I think 
the Guido Contini's. He, it's it's he, not quite and like, there. And yeah. nine needs that, right? Like yeah. and he, not, not he's like yeah. downplaying it as well, if that's he's, why he's like miscast. No, yeah, no, no, he's, he's miscast. He's miscast it's because like, he's playing it. Don't like, take he's, it so seriously, yeah, bro. He, it's nine. It's he's playing it like he's playing Fellini, right? Like in a biopic or something, where he's like trying to almost be classy about it or something. And it's it. You got Judy Dench over here, like. Who, eating like, a, eating I, like you know all the, the scenery but like screen she's up, eating, you know, she's eating scenery, the scenery like, oh like with God, a boa like, like through a boat like it's and which I love like it. that stuff yeah. i said you feel like that movie i i thought i had seen it i had not because i think i had just seen like all the songs and clips or whatever penelope gets the oscar now. and it's and it's not good but it's n- not as bad as the movie i had in my head and what's weird about Nine is like, I think Rob Marshall and Daniel Day-Lewis are like both in the wrong, like making the wrong movie and in the wrong movie. But I weirdly think every other member of the ensemble, and maybe it's because they don't really have to be pervasive throughout except for Penelope Cruz a bit and Marion Cotillard, right? Like it's almost this like segment, you know, segmented thing, not unlike right. eight and a half is obviously. But what's weird about the way that movie's made is like Rob Marshall dedicates so much time to like almost specifically fully recreating like aesthetic. Well, just aesthetic elements from eight and a half, like literally recreating scenes and like the way they should look. I just think to me where I like totally lose. I give up on the movie is like, yeah, and look, we, we love her, but like all the Nicole Kidman stuff. Yeah. Like she, I don't, I'm think just like, don't a... do this. I was like, don't play this care. I just, I'm like, I, I lose it. I don't like it. I just, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really work. And it doesn't, she doesn't, yeah, like it, it obviously doesn't play the same way as it does in eight and a half, but it's just this weird thing where you're kind of watching it and you're like, why? Yeah. Why am I not watching eight and a half right now? Like I should, I should just be watching it half. Like there's no, and it's yeah. not, I don't think there's it's not like enough to hang your hat on. Exactly. Yeah. And I think if I do think a lot of that is Daniel Day Lewis's fault. Like I think, yeah, it's, I think it's a bad performance. I mean, I do. I, I think, think it's a bad if performance. He, I yeah. think if he showed, he's not a person who phones it in and it doesn't feel like he's phoning it I in saying, here. I was saying to uh Connor view. I was like, can you imagine if this was his last movie? Cause like oh, you know, Lincoln is three years later <laughs> right. and they, you know, Spielberg had to really be like, yo, like Liam's too old now. On, on a personal level, the two thousands, that entire decade for me is Daniel day Lewis just absolutely falls through the floor for me. Like I hate every single one of his films. Okay, in that interesting. Decade. So, well, so let's and get to there. The, so uh, you're the saying fact that we got yeah, go ahead. We got Phantom Thread afterwards, which I'm so relieved about. But yeah, but so you're saying so so gangs of New York have, through Lincoln. Yes, you're just oh, no, like I, I I like Lincoln, but it's it's everything before okay, that. Okay, so, so to nine, so so gangs, Ballad Jack and Rose, There Will Be Blood, and Nine. You're like, what happened, buddy? Yes. Now, can we talk so, about you guys are going about to say that there will be blood's the worst no, movie no, ever made or something? Uh, can we talk about no, it? No, 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 I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm just oh, you go first, Fiona. Because I, I hate I hate Gangs of New York. I just sure. want to get that out of the way. I, love it. I think it's a like a a bad movie. Okay. Obviously, with Gangs and There Will Be Blood, the the directors obviously elevate it. You know, I'm I'm not saying that right. I, formally that they're, they're very well done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure, sure, you know, sure. it, they look good. I mean, especially they there will be blood looks yes. good. Yeah, of course. You know? yeah, all time. Yeah. But but on I personally do not vibe at all with Daniel Day Lewis's performances in Gangs and There Will Be Blood. Sure. So f- 
for me personally, they don't work at all. And I I like over the top performances. And like I completely agree with what you're saying about Nine is that he should have done yeah. a heightened performance. You know, I like the theatricality, but I don't think he's very good at it. That's interesting. Well, so then to I, your point, I, I, I mean, it brings it back to if he had done more than nine, maybe it wouldn't. It really just shouldn't have been him. It should have been no, Harvey right, right, yeah, yeah, right. It should have been, yeah. you know. But that's so interesting. So you're. I'm so, aware that there will be blood, especially. I'm aware how controversial I, it is the fact I that I don't like it. I don't it. entirely disagree, though, because I. So I recently got sort of scolded by our friend and friend of the show, Corey Everett, because I rewatched There Will Be Blood. You didn't get scolded. And I gave it. And I gave Gave it a, uh, I gave it a four out of five stars, <laughs> which <laughs> I look to me that feels appropriate. And my defense of that rating is that I, I like Daniel Day Lewis in the movie overall, right? Right. And it's the reason the reason I like him more as Bill the Butcher is because I think he at least crafts a performance there and he sees it all the way through right and it's like of a piece with the movie and it's it all feels appropriate whether or not you like dig it or are down with it is a yeah. different thing but i at least think he like and i and i think it's the same thing with there will be blood where like he shows up and it's not Daniel D. Lewis. It's fictional character, Daniel Plainview, but someone that you immediately see and you're like, this person has always existed, right? Like, and that that is his strength, obviously, as an actor. It's why he's one of the best to ever do it. But weirdly, he bet I feel like he betrays that in the movie's more dramatic moments because he like has a very it's a very intense performance right it's very commanding very intimidating and i think the moments that he had like particularly the end with paul dano and i have i actually have the same problem with paul dano as well as i think both of them the minute they start to like really kind of act with an a is when you can see the performance and i'm suddenly like oh shit like you I, okay so i'm the opposite on this interesting. so okay. i love paul dano in this in that there will be blood and he's the only saving grace for me and the only part of there will be blood that i really like is, is the, the ending, ending. Yeah. and no, I, I like it as a scene i guess my point is it just i like i feel like from a craft standpoint particularly Daniel Day-Lewis is like betraying himself a little bit because it's you're, it's just kind of like you can see the improvisation. You can see like so it's a little bit like, oh, yeah, you were like and it's great. Like so I'm just to be clear to our listeners before I don't know, I get like a brick through my window or something. But like I it's an amazing performance. But if I have to if I have to choose a nit to pick. It, it would definitely be that. Whereas, well, like it's interesting. You know, I look, I think what's interesting about what you guys are saying, you know, to the larger point, kind of as we come to, as we're wrapping things up and whatnot, he's so, in, it's what an interesting, even for 20 films, right? It has, it has been or was 40 years, 30 years, 30 years, right? If you're, if you're marking from like the bounty to phantom thread right so it's yeah, like or if you're, yeah you're going by like sunday bloody sunday i mean he's uncredited right no so, he's a kid yeah. i mean it's if you're doing like when he's playing right in in the bounty for those An who actual, don't know yeah the, the roger bounty, dawson yeah. he's 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 um he's the second in command who's basically the guy who's like sticking with uh hopkins 
Right. And like Mel right. Gibson, and... which is so funny, Mel. It's so crazy. Is Mel Gibson, Daniel Day Lewis, and Anthony. Like, what a weird, not a bad movie. Just a, what a weird. I like it. Yeah, I like the movie too. Just such a Donaldson, weird trio. Donaldson. Donaldson, underrated director. Yeah, underrated. And they kind of do. And what I like about actually that version of the bounty is they do what happened, like they do more what happened in real life. I won't spoil it. But if you like read about what actually happened with the bounty, that's like closer to like what people believe happened anyway um so what's interesting about him as an actor is like yeah there's so much soft lovely work he does in the 80s yeah right my beautiful laundrette uh, yeah and, and even unbearable yeah. lightness you know it's a complicated yeah. character and to some degree an unlikable character but there's a lot of love in that performance and i think it's a, like i said before i think it's a very true rendering of the tomas from the from the book and and obviously my left foot and stuff like that. And you're kind of right. He kind of almost, it gets into this one-upsmanship a, a little, little bit. Yeah, a little. Of like post the boxer, right? Where it's like when he comes back, he's like, all right, man, well, if I'm going to come back, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all. <laughs> and then it's like, he's just, to your point, and I look, I love these performances, so I'm not really on the side of... Of, uh, of what we're talking about that being said i understand the context of like you're not wrong where like he comes back from the boxer five years later and he's like let's go for it every time let's <laughs> go for it the most yeah and then yeah. to your point but then to your other point what a lovely ending where he's kind of doing all of it and this is i mean we can maybe end begin to end with this I do think Phantom Thread is his best performance. Agree. Yeah. Because yeah. I really I do th think. I have a theory behind this. So, yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, just, was say, I really like, just think it's like, I, you know, and I hate to say this, I don't, maybe he shouldn't make another. Because it's like, it's Seinfeld. It's like, you it's should probably. It's not going to get better than that. So my rewatch, so I rewatched There Will Be Blood and Lincoln in the same day, which was kind of a fun watch just to like. He's so funny in Lincoln. No, Lincoln, okay, so Lincoln, I have not seen Lincoln since coot, I saw it in theaters. Lincoln. He's so fucking good in Lincoln. It's like, I think he's yeah. so, it's, he's so funny. It, to me, it's the so reason good. I think it's a better performance than There Will Be Blood is kind of, it's that he doesn't trip himself up in that movie. It's like, and it's more impressive because it's like, I know Daniel, I know, you know, Daniel Plainview's fictional character or whatever, but like, we're talking about somebody that obviously has a like Abraham Lincoln as a figure has a lot placed upon him from people's minds, has been caught in an audio recording like once and has never been captured on film and and literally from well, frame. Well, and Henry. Well, and don't forget Henry Fonda is Lincoln. Well, right. But like, right. Like, like the stoicism it, yeah. of America. Mm -hmm. Is what but what's wild about is on Daniel that, yeah. Day Lewis's Lincoln is like when you see him on screen, you're like immediately like, oh yeah, that's Abraham. Like, it's like we've yeah. always known what he's looked and sounded like, and you're immediately convinced. Like, it's a crazy, it's a crazy but I just, performance. But then he immediately subverts it with that mercurial performance, yeah, which I think is just great. so he's funny. Great. He's it's, now, and you I know that Liam Neeson, everybody Liam Neeson was supposed to play that role for like t two decades, and and I was I was praising Liam earlier. God God knows, but you know he would have given you this like fucking bombast, grizzled, yeah, grizzled shit. And I love, and I, I probably would have been really good to be honest. But I what I love about the Dana Day Lewis of it all is he's like. They, you know, people from that part of Illinois during well, no, that time. You know what he is? They have, he's, you know, like he's all that fucking, stuff. He's wily. Yeah. Like that's why it's so good. He's like wily, and like it. 
I just would, I, that's all to say, I would encourage anybody, if you want a really good, kind of better than you think it's going to be, men in rooms talking movie. Yeah. Watch yeah, Underrated. It's, Somehow, it's, despite all the nominations, yeah, it's, Underrated. Yeah, it's, it's really so, good. And then yeah, Phantom, Phantom Thread. Thread. Yeah, what's your theory on my, Phantom No, Thread? just my theory on Phantom Thread. I feel like the reason it's his best performance is because it's Daniel Day-Lewis taking the piss out of Daniel Day-Lewis and it's him totally. literally making like a shitty genius movie and it's, and, oh, and it's the, about it's a guy who best. gets taken down a peg and it's and it's not unintentional either like it's it was an active oh, choice no. between him and PTA like yeah you know like yeah. to to make I, I think Day-Lewis was even the one who like came up with the name Woodcock right and like shit like that so like they're almost like immediately kind of like sculpting this thing into like you know what it, to your point dan like all right if i'm gonna come back we're gonna do this thing right it's the and best it, comedy of the last decade it's in my so opinion good. It's, so funny. it's my so favorite funny. paul thomas anderson movie for sure it, like the it's dialogue my, it's mine, and then sure. and then his line deliveries are just every single line delivery in that film I just think, oh my god, <laughs> it's just <laughs> hilarious. Every single line is funny to me, and I do think his performance is just exquisite and can, cannot be topped. Now, it's yeah, it's really that's the thing. Like, and you know, whatever we always talk about, like what we want to see them do next. And I certainly like, you know, if Daniel Day Lewis wants to come out of retirement and do a movie <laughs> with like a. If Marty wants to get him for one more, or if Steven wants to get him for one more, or Jim Sheridan for that matter, like, you know, like that stuff, I would happily watch it. I'm sure it would be great, but there is something very satisfying and nice to like just well, know that like Reynolds, yeah, nice Reynolds Woodcock is there to just yeah. tie a whole bow on. And it doesn't it feel the most like what what you think he seems like in real life, like probably not what he actually is in real life, but he's like such an enigmatic movie star, right? Because of all the mythology and whatever built around him that like Reynolds Woodcock just seems like it's Daniel Day Lewis, which is like the best part about it. Well, he seems like a guy who would, you know, could be very pissy in the morning one day. <laughs> And then the next day, it'd be like a lovely guy, right. you know, right? Like that type of a guy where you're like, oh man, you woke who's up with the so, wrong side so of the bed. so focused on craft and so, you know, yeah. you know like. You know, are you determined to ruin D my whole don't day? Don't interrupt you know? me while yeah. I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> formulating my method. You know, and I just think, yeah, and there's so, I mean, we don't need, I mean, obviously it's an aside. I mean, but it's like. There's so much comedy where it like takes the piss out of the fashion industry during that time. It takes the piss out just of just the idea of quote unquote genius. Like, what does it mean? Like, there's so much in it. It's so aware of itself, but it's like not not hitting you over the head with it. You know, it's. It, I do think it's like. I think it's like. I really think it, it, it is like a romantic comedy. You know, yeah, which I think that is. that's a loaded you know genre term. But I think if you're being real about it. That's your Paul Thomas Anderson, Daniel Day-Lewis romantic comedy. That's like, yeah. it's really funny. It's really weird. It's like very relatable. I mean, that's, I think, when you hear what people talk about now, five years on, six years on, people who are in long-term relationships, like, it, there's a relatability to it. That's the whole point. That's how the whole thing got, you know, incepted with Paul Thomas Anderson, right, where he was sick and Maya Rudolph was taking care of him and they got closer because of it and all that. Like, that's real shit. Right. And it doesn't have to be mushrooms and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the crunching the toast too loud. That's that is relatable as anything. Just like she, yeah, just like, 
yo, I've known you a long time. You're so fucking annoying, right? Like, yeah. but I love you, right? Yeah. All that stuff. It's so funny. It's so, yeah, it's really, I just think, and I, I've now gotten to the point with my resolve for that opinion where I'm like always a little shocked when people disagree with me. I'm like, no, but you've seen Phantom Thread, right? So yeah. you know that that's maybe the best performance that's ever been put to like <laughs> a celluloid. I don't know. But um, I'm glad we all kind of agree on that. That's nice. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but um, but I think to the larger point, you know, as we wrap a bow on it, for 20 films, it's, I mean, you get you can get your beautiful Andrette, you can get your bounty way early, and then you can get, if you want to get a little nuts, you can get your ballad. You can get your ballad. I mean, look, even if there's an Eversmile New Jersey or a Stars oh, and Bars in there or a Ballad of Jack and Rose in there, I think all in all, one of the, who could ask for a better batting average, I think, for uh, for a career? I know, for 20 films? It's, yeah, yeah, I think. It's, it's yeah, it, you put it up against even, anybody. Like I said, even the much maligned movie Nine, I think on a rewatch is like not complete dog shit, you know, like it's, I, it's not I, good. It's just not like, you know, I'd happily rewatch it to be honest. <laughs> Certainly. I, 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 I can't say the same about the ballad of Jack and Rose. <laughs> yeah, sir. I will say I don't like nine, but certainly putting it on uh, and rewatching it. I found myself being like, oh, you know what? It was very much like I was like, yeah, sure. whatever. I mean, it is kind of nuts because like movies are really expensive and really hard to make, and we used resources on nine. So nah, like, there's I mean, it feels they, the, they made Rise of the Beasts. You know, <laughs> it does they're, feel like they're the, making whatever they want. It feels like the peak of mid two thousands hubris when we thought movies were going to be around forever. You know, like, and so we were like, yeah, we'll make nine. Like, there's a Papa yeah, John's movies, jokes yeah. and, and, and Uncharted. You know, uh, there's they're doing whatever they want. Um, Fiona, tell us where people. People can find you stuff you've written obviously the dan day lewis piece you mentioned from you said last year but what what do you got going on these days uh not too much at the moment i'm in a transitional phase and i might i might be picking up some more like freelance work moving forward so uh just uh, the, even though twitter is dying horribly i am <laughs> still to be found on twitter um at fiona underhill and i post like articles and stuff there so that's probably the best place to find me while it still exists now fiona did, can we briefly talk about it because i feel like we're we're simpatico on this you saw that um universal is not going to campaign for josh hardnett for best supporting actor for the oscars do you see that i i didn't see that no that that's very sad. for the listener this is fiona this just is made recording the saddest face <laughs> I, I retweeted it. You, I was, you, you, you've just broken that news to me, and I, I'm, I'm reading, sorry. to be honest. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> um, who do they say it was? Um, it's Damon it's gonna and be Downey. Which... Damon and Downey, sure. But then, yeah, it, yeah, but then yeah. for the on the on the female side, it was gonna well, obviously it's, it's gonna be Pew and Pew and yeah, Blunt, right? So just a bummer because I'm like, can somebody give Joshy a leg up here? Can we get the guy Look, a little? I, I a think little... that is a movie that basically everybody's very good in. But I should say. Put Josh, take Damon out. Put Maybe Josh. Maybe we in. can start a groundswell. You know, we'll start yeah. a groundswell. <laughs> we'll we'll, he we'll do the campaign. Universal. Then. You know, he is a grassroots. Get DDL out of retirement to campaign for Josh. For <laughs> It's like 40 days and 40 nights had good parts. Danny Lewis was saying that? What are you saying? It's like you went back on Arsenio? Arsenio's on? No. Um, well, you can always find me. Still, I guess in the in the adult the the apocalyptic landscape of of Twitter, uh, DJ Mecca, 
what is it called? Blue Sky, right? I'm there too. Sure, yeah. That's yeah. And um, I wrote a review. I'm writing some Doc NYC reviews. So as you're listening to this, those will be available. The Merchant Ivory Doc, the Ladybird Johnson Doc. Um, so look for those. And uh, as always, the Fathom Stories story podcast I do. We had a couple Halloween. Little Halloween stories. We'll have a Christmas theme story coming up. Um, so look out for those. Listen to those wherever you listen to podcasts. And Connor, I'll pass over to you to finish this up. Yeah, yeah. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter at uh, Scruffy Looking and Blue Sky at C O'Donnell. And uh, you can follow this podcast on social media at TFS B Side. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. Helps us out a lot. We greatly appreciate it. Fiona, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. I was so happy when you said yes, because when we were putting this together, this was an audience choice pick. So when we were putting this together, I was like, oh, we should get Fiona back. And so when you were when you were excited for it, I was excited. So I would like a you and Daniel Day. That would be nice. I would be okay (laughs) with a you and Daniel (laughs) Day. uh, Why not? You know, not reunion. Yeah. A meeting of the minds. Um, Yeah. But yeah, thank you again for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. You out there. Thank you for listening. And uh, just look at your lover, feed them some poison mushrooms, <laughs> and kiss them again before they're sick. There you go. And now you're listening to the B-Side.